All right, thank you for that, and thank you, team, for, well, I guess, Amanda and Linnea, thank you so much for, for leading us tonight. You know, like, why are we singing Christmas carols? Well, because it's still Christmas, right? The 12 days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beat-up Ford Jalopy, right? No? <laughs> Isn't that the way that song goes? No, welcome. Hey, it's still Christmas. It was good to see everybody on Christmas Eve. We're kind of down today, so um, everybody must be still Christmasing somewhere. So welcome to worship on this day of Christmas. We're doing Christ is Salvation today. And Daniel, if you would flip over to our, our different slides here. So if you're new and you want to participate, take your phone or your pad and and go to minty.com and add in the code when it asks you, 5257. Now, if you don't have one, who is the best artist here? None? Who's saying none? You don't like, well, it's not, no, it's these guys. Out of these three, who's the best? Johnny Cash? Johnny Depp? He's not up there. Oh, the man in black's ahead by two. Oh, there comes little girl. Billy, what is she, 18 now? Okay. What's that? Patsy Klein? Patsy Klein? Okay, there's two. Klein, I hear a Klein. Three. There's the Patsy Klein. Oh, man, oh, the old Patsy Klein's ahead by a long way. I don't know, though. This week, I was, last week, I was trying to rewrite Burning Ring of Fire into a Christmas carol. Christ born in Bethlehem. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay, so it's, it's clearly Patsy Klein won. Your cheating heart told on all of you. Okay, well, welcome to today, guys. So I'm going to start off by reading, reading our Isaiah 63 passage today. This is a New Revised Standard as well. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us and the great favor of the house of Israel that he has shown them, I'm sorry, and the great favor to the house of Israel that he has shown them according to his mercy, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely, and he became their savior in all their distress. It was no messenger or angel, but his presence that saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. So I'm going to start today with a, with a, with a, well, this first Sunday of Christmas, God is our salvation. Christ is our salvation. And here's the main point, guys. Christians do not believe in the God of the philosophers. Christians are in relationship with the God who comes to them, who saves them in Jesus the Christ. God, Christians don't believe in the God of the philosophers. Christians are in relationship with the God who comes to them and who saves them. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, but first of all, I want to tell you a little bit about our story. Because we know God, right, what, what Isaiah said here, we know God. Well, I guess I should point that out. I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, because of all that the Lord has done for us, 
okay? So I'm going to tell you that we know God by what God has done in our lives and what God has done for us. We recount these deeds, and, and in so doing, we know God. So when we look at our own story, we look into God's actions in our lives. And so let me tell you then a little bit about our story. I don't know, six or seven years ago, um, we were just this, you know, pastor's family in Wyoming doing our thing with little children, you know, doing, doing our busy thing that everybody does. And, and we had two kids, right, Landon and Claire, little, little kids. They were just doing their little kid thing. And, and April's, April's mommy sense was going off, you know, like Spidey sense, but it's mommy sense, ding, 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 ding. Um, she, and she was wondering, she was like, there's something, there's something going on in Claire's body that maybe shouldn't be. Now, she saw it much quicker and much clearer than I did, thanks be to God. I guess moms are like that, um, or I'm oblivious, one or the other. And so she said, you know what, Aaron, I think we should take Claire in and, and get her checked out for something, something. And so we did. We, we decided to go to, you know, all these doctors. We started with our hometown doctor, Dr. Tara, right? And we, being out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, we had to travel. And, and so we started to travel here and there to doctor's appointments. And we went to Casper, which is 120 miles away. Got, a, got in touch with this really great neurologist, doctor lady. And, and she said, yep, yep. Uh, brainwave activity is off. Here's some medication. See you later. That's it right? <laughs> See you later. She was a great lady. She was a real, real sharp cookie, right? And uh, um, mixing metaphors there. And she's, she was great. And, but being high-stress parents that we are, mostly April, um, <laughs> being a high-stress parent like she is, she said, that's not good enough. We said, that's not good enough. We want to know more. And and so we started to look for more. And here again, we were out in the middle of the boondocks, right? We were in the sticks. And, and so we started to travel around. So we went to Denver Children's um, National Hebrew in Denver. Went to, to two doctor, two National Jewish, not Hebrew, Jewish. Two, two hospitals in Denver. We went to Children's Primary in Salt Lake City. We went to Billings, Montana all over trying to find here and there what might be going on. We were really searching. And, and, and finally, in, in Salt Lake City, the, this, what was she? She was a rheumatologist. She's like, and I quote, something's wrong. We don't know what. Let's wait and see. <laughs> right? That's, that's a great answer for high-stress parents. That works really well. And so we were really tuned up by this time. We were really stressed out. Um, Claire was just a little curly-haired mop thing and running around having a good time. But she had her problems, and so we, well, that wouldn't work. But April had a, a, and I'm telling you this for a point. Let me just stick with me, right? So, so April, April has this friend who's, who says, Aaron, my daughter got help at Mayo Clinic, Rochester. They're wonderful. You should go. And she kept pressing April and April. You know how it is. When someone tells you to do something, you're like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And, and so April, yeah, yeah, yeah. So finally, latch this ditch effort, we decide to, to come here to, to try to get into Mayo 
clinic, right? And we get in. We come out here. Ten days of appointments. Ten days of appointments. Claire went through the ringer. I mean, that little girl was put through it, but she was a champ, right? We stayed 10 days here. We, we, we rented a house, you know. We, I can show, show you where it is. We, we, we did that and went through it and then went home. After 10, 10 days, after 10 days, we went through all this, right? And then we go home. And what was it, two weeks later? No, a week, well, I don't know undisclosed amount of time later on Tuesday of Holy Week right just before Easter Tuesday of Holy Week April gets this call from neurologist doctor lady and doctor lady neurologist says I've got a working hypothesis I've got a working hypothesis that it's it's glute one crazy detailed nonsense here um Sugar doesn't go from blood to brain, causing lots of trouble. Two weeks. It took them two weeks. We had been searching for years out west. Two weeks they found it here. So we, we sing the praises of Mayo Clinic, right? Now, we, we get that. Claire's getting all done, you know, but we're coming out here every 12. Why are you telling this? Hold on. We're, we're, we're coming out here. Remember, we're talking about stories and seeing God. And so we come out here every 12 weeks. We come out to this city and we rent a house or a hotel knows a house. We always rent a house. In 2016, we stayed in this city in rentals for five weeks. We were almost residents. Now, I went into ministry for the money, okay? Um <laughs> And, you know, we're rich, but traveling was really breaking the bank because coming out here and staying for a week every 12 weeks was killing us. We had zero money to do anything. We were, we were scraping through, and we were just traveling out here every 12 weeks for a week at a time, and Claire was getting put through it. Now, during this time, I met, I met a Methodist pastor. I wasn't a Methodist pastor at the time, and I met a Methodist pastor by the name of Mark in our town, and Mark was from Minnesota. Um, Mark was from Minnesota, Spring Valley Church, I think. And, and, but he was out in Wyoming where he wanted to retire, and, and Mark always teased me, saying, Aaron, you'd make a good Methodist. Ha, 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 and put, you know, punch you in the ring. <laughs> yeah, shut up, get away from me. So, right, so we're out there doing this thing, and we're traveling back and forth, and, 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 and Mark, my friend, gets moved back here to Evangel Church, right, by the bishop. He didn't want to come. He wanted to stay out where the sun actually shines. And um, <laughs> love y'all, but it's dingy here um so he you know he moves back here and 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 they gave him that 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 bethany building the church and they said we want you to start a new church in the bethany building and he's like i got this guy i know you me right and because he he was wanting us to move out here because he knew how hard it was and and so he put me in touch with ben and ben gave me the church planter test and I aced that sucker. I, I think I got like a 30%, right? <laughs> Church planter consultant Ben said, don't call us. We'll call you. Okay, you know how that goes, right? Thanks, Ben. Ah, that's out. But he put me in touch with Dia Cynthia. And so Dia Cynthia calls me in the springtime. 
You know how it is in Methodist world, right? The springtime, you never answer the phone. I didn't know that. <laughs> I answer the phone and she's like, hi, this is District Superintendent Cynthia Williams and Mark told me about you and we would like to talk and would you be interested in a church in a town called La Crescent, Minnesota, which is an hour from Mayo. It might be a good fit. Okay, so April and I, We'd been, we'd been in Wyoming at, at Faith Fellowship Church of God for 18 and a half years. So leaving was hard. And, and we prayed, we prayed, we prayed, and we, we thought, this, okay, God, we need to hear something here. And we thought maybe it's a good idea. And so, and so we, in a, in a whirlwind of crazy maniac activity, we put our house up for sale. We sold our coffee roasting business quickly. April shut down her um, counseling office. We said goodbye to friends and family, and we moved out here in June of 17. Yeah, June of 17. Moved right into the parsonage down there in La Crescent, and off we went. Now, we're amazed at how many doctors and medical things there are in this area. It's like medical Mecca, right? Um, just to, to tell you that in Wyoming, in our town, there was one dermatologist who came to town once a month. One day a month, and you had to, if the whole town's trying to get in, right, that's how it was. And we're like, wow, look at all. So we started kind of going to all these doctors that we'd been putting off for a decade or two, you know, um, like, hey, man, look at this. We actually get medical care. It's pretty cool, right? Um, as long as I take the pills, I'm fine. And, and so we're going through this, and April has another friend who tells her. She listens to these people, right? Her friend said, I just got diagnosed with melanoma, skin cancer that kills you quick. You really should go to a dermatologist and get checked out. April actually listened, went to a dermatologist in La Crosse, across the river, and come to find, well, no, we're on vacation oh, two weeks later something like that. She gets a call while we're on vacation. You've got melanoma. Uh, kind of ruins a vacation when you find out you've got, you know, an aggressive form of skin cancer. And so we, we came back. She, and, and I've asked her for permission to tell her story. She goes and gets a rather large chunk of skin cut out of her back. You know how those things go. Um, come to find out there were more and more and more and more surgeries and more surgeries, right? And this is during the first year, we're, the first months that we're here. And then in January, which is just six months after, seven months after we get here, she starts having all these other weird symptoms. And again, with the doctors like we did with Claire, and long story short, she's got some kind of autoimmune thing that undisclosed what, but it is, and she's on getting help for that, and it's not quite all the way there. And here we are with you guys. Cynthia moved us up here again six months ago to be with you. So, oh, wait a minute, let me, I forgot. If I ever met President Obama, I would give him a hug because of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, we got insurance for the first time. You know, I went into the ministry for the money, right? Got insurance for the first time that was really good, and we could take Claire 
all around and then finally here. Finally had insurance that we could do that for her. And then when we moved to La Crescent Church, they gave us medical insurance too and that's how we got April taken care of. And then here with you guys, you have graciously given us medical insurance as well and so I thank you for that. So let me, why are you telling this, Aaron? Because as Isaiah 63 says, We see God in our experiences. And it's important to keep an eye out for God because God shows up in a lot of different times. If, I don't know, I think maybe God was nudging April. Get some help for Claire. And I think God was nudging her friend Aaron who said, you should go to Mayo Clinic. And April and I listened to that. And we came out here. And Dr. Nichols, she's a sharp cookie. Right? She's a sharpie. And she found out what Claire had in two weeks. The other doctors had years. Mark Rader had gone out to Wyoming to retire, but he came back here as a, to Evangel Church, who then managed to talk to Dia Cynthia, who then called us and said, do you want to come out here? Nudge, nudge. When we came out here, April listened to, I don't even remember her name now, and went and got a check, a skin check at the dermatologist. There was no dermatologist in our county in Wyoming. You see? So instead of going to Salt Lake City for fun like we used to, we'd be going to Salt Lake City for, to the Huntsman Institute, which is the cancer wing, right, of the hospital there. Without that, it was, her melanoma was almost ready to break through into her rest of her body. Nudge, nudge insurance that is coming from you guys is graciousness of God. You see, church, so when in Isaiah, I will recount the gracious deeds of the Lord, the praiseworthy acts of the Lord. That's how we see God. That's how you see God. That's how I see God. That's the God to believe in. The God that does gracious wondrous acts for you and for me and for all of us. That's the God to believe in. That's the God who does wondrous things in our lives and we are grateful for that. Now back to the front part, I said we don't believe in the philosopher's God. And let me explain that to you now. The philosopher's God is that God, you know that God. Big white guy in the sky, big white beard, white guy, who's really cranky, right? You know this God. This God is, this God is like Zeus, I suppose, um, waiting for you to do something so that he might smite you, <laughs> right? Not to be confused with smitten, but smite, 
Those two are probably related for a reason. And you know this God where he's really angry and has nothing but rules. This God who is all-powerful, all-everything, you know, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-thises and all-thatses. That's the philosopher's God. That's a sterile, sterile God that's really only been around for a couple of hundred years, invented by who? By philosophers. And you see, that God is really easy to take apart. Right? That God is easy to destroy because that God is mean and wicked and hateful and unjust while masquerading as loving. Right? That's, that's that God that we don't believe in, right? Aaron, I don't believe in God. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, the God in the sky who keeps the rule book and thinks, well, I'm glad you say that because I don't believe in that God either. I believe in the God who has come to us, has come to me and shared the graciousness of all of these things with me and my family. You know, I was watching a, an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, that, that the scientist guy, and he's like, I'm an atheist, and the, and the interviewer said, why? He said, because if God's all-loving and all-good, why is there suffering in the world? Either God isn't all-loving or God isn't all-good, or all-powerful, rather. Because if an all-powerful God could stop evil and doesn't, then He's evil. You know what I mean? That's an easy God to take apart. That's an easy... That, and by the way, that's a real cheap answer. If somebody ever says that to you, <laughs> you know, say, well, uh, so you're fighting against the God of your own making. Is that it? You're not fighting against the God as revealed in, to Israel or through Jesus or the apostles. You're talking about a God of your own making. So, well, of course you don't believe in that God, neither do I. Because we see God in our own experiences, church. The God who is present with us. The God who comes to us in Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. The God who steps into life with us as was read in the Hebrews passage. Jesus with us, Emmanuel. Jesus who walks with us. And if you'll notice here in, whoops, wrong way, in Isaiah, but he became their Savior in all their distress. In all their distress. Not outside of their distress, not jerking them out of their distress, but in their distress. In. So, Mr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, you are a smart man when it comes to science. You are not a smart man when it comes to belief in Jesus or God. This is the God we believe in who comes to us in our distress, not taking us out of our distress, but being with us in our distress. Right? It's, that's, that's the God we believe in. That's the God we pray to. That's the God we worship this morning. The God who is with us in our distress. In the pain of life, God is with us, giving us strength. Not removing everything so that we're like living in utopia. That's not real life. If God took away all possibility of suffering, you wouldn't have life. Neither would I. You would have sterile robot life 
you would be a computer running a software program. That's not living. But we see God in our experiences, church. And that's the wonder of Christmas. Because God Himself steps into His creation to be with us. You know, Jesus didn't come to human camp. Jesus came to be with us, to be our salvation in our distress. And was read in the Hebrews passage, to defeat evil, to defeat death, to defeat the things that give us fear because we are now faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. And I say faithful because in... Boy, I should have just put that Isaiah passage. Let's see. And it says, we will remember. Let's see. I will recount. To a good Jew, you recount. You remember. You live it. You're not a hypocrite. We should not be hypocrites either. We should remember what God has done for us. We should be Jesus' people. Loving, kind, gracious, standing against evil. Remember Remember what God has done for us. Remember the things that God has done for you and live into those things and share them with others. Right? That's the point of Christmas. Imagine a church where every one of us were grateful for what God had done. Where every one of us lived faithfully to the best of our ability. Imagine a church that stretched out to the community around it in every conceivable way, telling the praises and the goodness of our God who will help them too. Imagine a church where all are welcome to come and see this God and be changed, be transformed by grace. Imagine a church like that and you begin to see what Christmas is all about. God with us. The God who shows himself in our experience and through Jesus the Messiah, revealing perfectly the the love of the Father. Christ is our salvation. He is God with us. And God goes with us through our troubles.